And welcome to season three of the JKR podcast presented by JKR Baseball. My name is Jay Shriglin and I will be your host. We're excited to continue the JKR podcast with season three of episodes. This season, we are expecting many great series with top-tier travel organizations across the country, while we also spotlight commits, collegiate, and professional players from across the United States. It is our goal to be the player's platform for all of prep baseball. As we continue to do this, make sure to stay on top of the J-Care podcast episodes, but also tune into the other features that J-Care Baseball presents. That includes blogs like the lineup card written by John Sparacco, player-based events like Battle of Indiana, Summit City Baseball Academy, and other events being announced very, very soon. With Season 3, that comes two new programs for athletes to enjoy. Those are the JKR Brand Ambassador Program and the JKR Athlete Creators Program. To stay on top of all these features, check out jkrpodcast.com to learn more. I genuinely appreciate everything you guys have done for me and the JKR brand over the past two years, and I hope to continue to build both the JKR brand and the game of baseball for years to come. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode sponsor is Mind Baseball, located in Dallas, Texas. Their bats are made from 100% European beech wood, which allows for more density, which then leads to more power. I mean, who doesn't want more power? We all know chicks dig the long ball. Multiple studies prove that beech outperforms maple, birch, and ash that you're probably used to swinging. Beech wood straight grains mean for less breaks, and Mind Baseball exceeds the MLB regulations in that category. Are you also frustrated with seeing the dried paint spots on your barrel? Mind Baseball uses a family secret technique that leaves a perfect finish every time. If you set their bat next to another brand, you will make sure that you see the difference. Lastly, they also use a built-in grip to reduce vibrations. It is the same technology that is used to reduce recoil in rifles. Make sure to check them out. Go find them on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, on Instagram, their username is at mine, M-I-N-E, baseball. Check them out, but let's dig into today's episode. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today, we have artillery right-handed pitcher, in 2025, Penn State baseball commit Peter Thompson on the JKR podcast. Peter, pumped to get you here on the show here this morning. How are you doing? Doing good. I appreciate you having me on. Of course, man. I appreciate you coming on the show. I'm really excited to kind of dig into you know, your career going on here, you know, digging into last fall, digging into this whole recruiting process that lands you there at Penn State. But before we do dig into your baseball career, I got one question I'd like to ask everybody to get the podcast started. That is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Peter Thompson? Yeah, man. So uh, I'm Peter Thompson, and I think one way I like to describe myself would probably be like a self-leader and a self-motivator. I think when I like am really into something, I'll do anything to get that thing done, whether that be on the field, in the classroom. It's just something uh, I just like to motivate myself really hard to get stuff done. Okay. So being a self-leader, being a self-motivator, is that something that you've always had or is that something that you had to develop here as you maybe got a little bit older and, you know, was going into the whole high school scene, maybe playing a little bit more, you know, competitive baseball. Was that something that you developed or was that something that you've always kind of had? I think it's definitely something I've developed over the years, just coming from that uh, feeder travel ball scene into that high school level where it's completely different. I think that was really the changer for me. And I 
I felt like something had to change and I just developed into that. Okay. All right. So let's kind of go ahead, dig into your travel baseball experience. I know you said that you'll be playing with artillery here for your 17U summer, but kind of take us through the entire travel baseball experience as a whole. You know, maybe some teams you played with in the past, some things you've enjoyed, kind of give us the rundown on that travel baseball experience. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I mean, I've been with Slammers these last couple of years, Illinois Slammers out of Lake Forest. And I mean, I've had a blast with them. Uh, I really only played with them last summer because I was injured the year prior. So, I mean, they were the ones who really got me on the board. They have great coaching staff and they really helped me out with that recruiting process. And I mean, I'm very thankful of them and what they've done for me, but I mean, they're the ones who got me on that board, got me out in these tournaments in the summer. And then it kind of just picked up from there. And uh, Ajay hit me up. And, I mean, I just fell in love with their program. Okay, so you said Ajay hit you up. I'm sure he probably wasn't the only travel baseball coach reaching out. So kind of give us the rundown. You know, what exactly was that pitch? What exactly made you – actually choose to go play for Ajay and Artillery this upcoming summer? You know, what was that decision-making process? Yeah, man, absolutely. So uh, Ajay hit me up through my Twitter DMs, and he's like, I want you to come play for me. And I was really planning on shutting down after that future games uh, sort of timeline. And uh, I'm like, no, I might just shut down and really train this offseason, make sure I'm really good. And he's like, I need you to come play for me. This is not the time to shut down. You you need to understand that there's there's so much more in your future this fall. And he was so right because this fall has really helped me a lot a lot more than just future games too. It's really opened it up to more of a national scale. I mean, future games helped a little bit with that, but uh, I think working with Ajay and having a team on a national basis we really bring in schools from all over to come watch. And it was really an amazing experience. Yeah. So playing for Ajay in that artillery team for this past fall, pretty short period of time, I'm sure it was probably what three, four, maybe even five weeks at the most. So what were some of those relationships you're able to build with Ajay, maybe with some of those assistant coaches, with some of those teammates from all over across the country as well, you know, in that short period of time, what were some of those relationships you're able to build? Yeah, man. Uh, definitely built some really strong relationships really fast. I think uh, hanging out with these kids, you're surrounding yourself with people that have the same goals as you, and I think that's just like that's just like a relationship starter with the kids, and it really just like built over those couple of weeks. And I mean, I'm just pumped to see him again this coming summer. And Ajay and the coaches—they're all great people. They like to win, which is. I think one of the biggest things for me, but they, they do it. I don't know. They're just like, they're really wrapped up in winning and having fun. And that's what we do. So looking at that artillery roster, obviously I know that fall roster is a little bit different than the summer roster that I went and saw this past summer down in Cary, but that artillery roster is pretty much, like you said, they're guys from all over across the country. So when you were going, talking to some of these guys, what were some of the craziest things, maybe the biggest, I guess, culture shocks, quote unquote, for you going through making relationships with some of these guys on that roster? What was that looking like in terms of, uh, you know, just talking from guys who aren't from the state of Illinois? Oh, yeah. I mean, one of my boys, Graham, he's from Tennessee. I just love his accent, dude. I like it's so funny because when I talk to him, I start to pick up on his accent. and I start I start talking with it. It's just kind of like a fun joke. 
that we got. It's pretty cool. So, so obviously with you playing a short time with them this past fall, you kind of got to experience what that was playing on a national level. Obviously, PBR Futures Games did that as well for you. But, you know, as you go through, look ahead to next summer, be your first time playing on that national level for a full summer. Kind of what's that expected jump that you're expecting going from maybe more of a regional level with the Illinois Slammers to going to artillery, playing more on the national scene, going down to Cary, uh, Hoover, Alabama, um, East Cobb, all those different tournaments. Kind of what's that expected jump for you for your 17U summer going from that regional to that national level? Yeah, I definitely think the quality of teams should uh, should definitely increase, and you're going to see a lot better hitters, pitchers, and that stuff. And it's going to be fun, dude. I mean, playing against these high-level teams, it gets pretty exciting, especially when you got good games. And I think that's what I'm looking forward to most. Obviously, there's scouts that can come out and watch you, which will help you down the road. But, I mean, I'm just looking forward to playing against these good teams, these high-ranked, uh, just high-level teams. Yeah, for sure. And obviously artillery, especially in that 2025 class, I know for a while they were ranked number one in the country. I think they're like seven or eight an hour. You know, they're still one of the top teams in the country. That's pretty common there for pretty much every team that Ajay has put together for artillery. For you, being an insider of this program for, you know, those three or four weeks there in the fall, seeing how Ajay runs his program, seeing this team on the day-to-day, what do you think has led to that artillery success that Ajay has built? I think it's just sort of like a looseness. I mean, Ajay, Ajay isn't super strict on like, just like go to the hotel right now, go to sleep. He's like, you need to come tomorrow and be ready to play. You need to do what you need to do, whether that's sleep 10 hours or sleep eight hours. I mean, as long as you're ready to play the next day and win, that's all he cares about. You can see it in his eyes when we're not winning. He's not having – well, he's not having fun, but he's not showing it. He wants us to do the job. He wants us to win, and he wants us to, like, have fun while doing it. Okay, so obviously I know you're playing for artillery, but as I was scrolling through, I saw on your Instagram that you did play for that Chicago Scouts Association team. I guess kind of what's that – how is that different this fall? When did you play for artillery? When did you play for CSA? What was the CSA experience like? You know, what What was that looking like? Yeah, I mean, CSA was a blast. We went to Arizona. So for the 2025 grads this year, uh, if you hadn't previously played CSA the previous year, you would have uh, gone to Arizona. And we went to Scottsdale for the Rocky Scout Invitational, which, I mean, it was pretty well-run tournament. Unfortunately, it was during, like, I don't know if it's a quiet period or something, but coaches couldn't come out and watch games away from the campus. So we were kind of stuck with, uh, well, not a bad thing, but there was a lot of MLB scouts and uh, some some smaller mid-major uh, schools. But that team was pretty solid. Uh, and I'm looking forward to building up the team next year. I, I see a great future in them, but I think I'm going to be with artillery next fall probably, most likely. Okay, okay. so I know <laughs> both C- CSA and – Artillery went down to Jupiter this past fall. So which team were you rocking with down in Jupiter? Oh, yeah, I was rocking with the artillery squad. I mean, uh, for CSA, I was just with the 25s. They didn't really they didn't really know me too well, so they kept me on that team, and I didn't really go get invited to go play with their 2024 squad. But Ajay is like, 
one thing about his program that I like is really being flexible. If he needs an arm, he can get an arm. And we kind of just went on like a day-to-day basis. Like he'll tell us if we're going to throw. And uh, it's just kind of like uh, with that PRD organization, it's pretty cool how they all work hand in hand and they get stuff done together. Yeah, for sure. So when it came time for you to pitch down there in Jupiter, I guess take take us through that. Your point of view, were you down there the whole week? Was it Ajay texted you the night before? Hey, man, I need you tomorrow. What was that experience like down there in Jupiter? Yeah, I think being a 2025 on his 2024 squad, it's definitely like we got a lot of arms on that team already. And he's like, I know it's going to be tough with Jupiter with all these arms, but I need you to be ready when I call on you to be ready. And I respect that, and I was I was ready when he called me. I wish I could have pitched a little bit better, but, I mean, it was definitely a blast pitching in that Jupiter environment with all the golf carts and all that stuff. It, it was pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. I was down there for the first time this past fall, and it was crazy. Like, when people told me there's a bunch of golf carts, I mean, I think it even exceeded my expectations going down there and seeing how many yep. golf carts uh, that, they, that they truly had. But um, they, one last question about Chicago Scots Association. I know that's a program that I've – wanted to dig into here for a little bit. So, you know, with them, I know they're mainly Illinois, maybe some Wisconsin, maybe some Indiana guys that mixed in that team as well. How exactly did you get connected with that Chicago Scouts Association? Yeah, so my coach from Slammers, uh, he was actually being an assistant coach for that CSA team just going down to Arizona. And what's crazy is my dad played ball at Northwestern and his head coach there – was also an assistant coach for CSA. So, I mean, you have coaches that you like, and uh, my Slammers coach invited me out, and it just kind of went from there, you know? Okay, all right. So, obviously, you went down to that Rocky Scout Invitational playing for CSA. That's a great event in terms of, you know, playing a lot of pro scouts. You go down to Jupiter. Pretty much every coach, pretty much every area scout there is in Jupiter for that event. So, you know, playing in front of a lot of eyes there. Another event that you're playing in front of a ton of people that PBR futures games, I'm sure that played a huge role within your recruiting process, but take us through that event, going down to Lake point, putting on that Illinois team Jersey, take us through that PBR futures game experience. Oh, dude, it was a blast. Uh, I just like remember walking in there for the first day, probably like a hundred some degrees and I'm like sweating on the way in and I just walk by all these coaches and I'm like, holy crap, uh, this is about to be a blast. And I mean, just hanging out with those Illinois kids. I mean, they all have the same goal. They all uncommitted prospects that are like the best of the best in the state. And it was just so much fun to hang out and play with them. So before going to that event, how well did you know all those other Illinois guys that you had the chance to play with that week? Uh, you know, two of my teammates from Slammers were both going down. So, I mean, I knew those two kids pretty well. I knew a bunch of top-tier kids. And I'd say I knew about maybe, like, half the team before I came down. I wasn't super close with all of them, but, like, we all knew each other. And, like, the these friendships kind of, like, grew through the event. Okay, so obviously I know the atmosphere down there at the PBR Futures game is amazing. You know, like you said, you know, pretty much every college coach you can think of is down there watching you guys play. So going to an event like that, again, going to Jupiter where there's every college coach, all different area scouts, going to that Rockies Invitational as well with a bunch of pro scouts watching too. For you, when you're going to events like that, playing in front of 
eyes on top of eyes, pretty much everybody within the baseball industry. How do you block that out? How do you solely focus on the game of baseball, solely focus on the catcher, pitching to him, not worrying about everything that's going on on the outside? Take us through that mentality and how you're blocking everything out. Yep, yep. So I remember right before I went out to take the mound of future games, I'm like, it's either I'd be nervous and something bad's going to happen or I just like take a couple deep breaths and I'll be fine. And I got out there and I looked around and I kind of just took it all in. And I was just like, happy and thankful for like being in this situation I took a couple of deep breaths and then I just went went to work and I was fine it was it was great even with all these eyes up there it was pretty cool okay so playing at that PBR futures games obviously there's tons and tons of guys who end up committing to that division one to that power five level I mean that Illinois team alone I think they've got like Quinn Shambo who just committed um CJ Ninja. Um, I know those are both J.K.R. podcast guys. I'm sure there's a lot of other guys from that team, Illinois team, that end up committing here these past couple months after Futures games. But being around so many guys like that at Lake Point for the PBR Futures games, being around so many guys like that for artillery who are all going to that Division One Power 5 level, take us through maybe some of the conversations that are going on amongst each other, maybe how you guys are picking each other's brains. What's that looking like in terms of, you know, a Division One commit talking to another Division One commit? Yeah, I think it's definitely like the level of conversations might be a little bit different because I think from the point when you're committed, you need to just focus on development and preparing yourself for college and some kids potentially the draft. And I think when you have conversations baseball related, it's more developmental. And for example, these artillery kids, they've been helping me with some of my mechanics and stuff. I mean, even in the hotel room, we were kind of joking around, but they were showing me some stuff to do with my back leg and my motion. And I mean, we're really just having these developmental conversations as we, as we're talking about baseball. Okay. So last question about travel baseball here, obviously playing for Illinois slammers, playing for artillery, Chicago Scouts association, going down to Lake Point for PBR futures games. When you've been around the country, when it comes to playing travel baseball. So take us through some of those favorite memories that come to mind when you think about your travel baseball experience so far. Oh yeah. So a recent memory this fall, uh, this is actually hilarious. We, me, Ajay and a couple other guys, we were at this Tiger Woods uh, mini golf course and uh, the head of PRD, uh, Patrick, he got an Uber with the Incredibles driving. And oh my goodness, we got the biggest kick out of that. We were laughing. Ajay wasn't having it, but, we, we all thought it was hilarious. We got a photo after. And that was just like, that was really something that brought us together from that start. That's what I think really helped me get to know these kids better. We were laughing about it. Just had a blast. So the, the Uber driver was wearing an Incredibles outfit, I take yep. it? And yep. it the, guy, the guy driving had this muscle suit on, and then the lady next to him had the incredible suit on. It was hilarious. So was that something Pat planned, or was that just two weirdos dressed up as the Incredibles? <laughs> I think Pat planned that one. Okay. I think we talked to him after, yeah. That's, <laughs> That's a l- little different there, but, you know, team bonding is team bonding. But uh, yep. uh, kind of moving from travel baseball to the high school scene, you, know, you playing there at the Loyola Academy, take us through your freshman, your sophomore year, you know, maybe even going through your junior fall so far now, maybe doing some training. Take us through your high school experience so far as well. Yeah, definitely. So, Actually, these first two years of high school, I was at Glenbrook North High School. Uh, 
And, I mean, we just transferred out recently. Freshman year, I played on the freshman-sophomore team. And, obviously, I made some, like, huge physical improvements. And I just, like, so much has changed over these last years. Last year, unfortunately, I wasn't able to play due to my arm. I was having some arm issues. But uh, I was, like, I was just, like, really focused on getting better for that summer season, which was this summer. And... I refrained from throwing and that allowed me to transfer to Loyola without having to sit out, just not have been participated in a single game allows me to skip that one year transfer sit out. And I'm just really looking forward to this next season with Loyola should be a blast. Okay. So going to Loyola, going to Loyola, making that transfer, I guess, what are some of those biggest adjustments you're planning on making to Loyola? What have been some of the biggest adjustments already going to a new school as a junior, maybe having to make new friends, having new teammates. What have been some of those adjustments you've had to make so far? And maybe some of those adjustments you're expecting heading into that spring season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, going from a public to a private school where you got to wear a uniform, the it's a lot more strict. I think that's a big adjustment already. I don't really mind that part, but definitely that friends aspect, it's just being open into a new environment. You got to kind of be open and have fun. And then with the baseball kids, I mean, I've already grown close to a couple of, couple of the upperclassmen. And I mean, we're all really just really looking forward to this next season. Yeah. So obviously being that new kid on the block, obviously I know for a lot of times when you're a junior, you're going to a power five school, a lot of those guys are stepping up as leaders if they've been at the same school for a while. But for you, being that new kid, do you see yourself stepping up into a leadership role this junior year? Or do you maybe see that happening going into your senior spring? I think that's going to happen more than more likely the senior year if I work hard. I think my goal for this this junior year is just to keep my head down, bring my teammates up, and get my work done. Really try to help the team as much as I can. and. Uh, Lift the, lift the other guys up, and I think I would really like to be a leader senior year. Okay, so w- with you going to a private school, is Loyola, are they playing primarily other private schools, or are they playing public schools as well? Yeah, so we're in we're in the conference called the CCL, which is, I'm pretty sure, the Chicago Catholic League. And uh, you face these amazing, amazing high schools like Brother Rice, Mount Carmel. There's, there's all these solid schools from down in the city, you know, St. Rita, you got uh you just got some really good ball players in some of those teams. I'm, I'm pretty sure Brother Rice has like five D one commits right now, maybe a couple more. They're like there's some pretty solid teams. And I think that's another big thing about what I'm excited for is just facing that better competition. I mean, TBN's conference is pretty solid, but this is definitely a different level. Yeah, for sure. So with you going and playing in that C CCL, I believe that's yep, what it's called. Yep. Okay, I mean, when I did the Illinois series, I mean, I felt like I heard about that in pretty much every other interview talking about, you know, you said Mount Carmel. I know they've got some guys, Brother Rice. I think they've had Zion Rose there last year, guy who was a you know, projected first-round pick there. Yep. I mean, obviously, a bunch of talent there. It's going to take us through the expectations for your junior season, playing in that CCL, playing up against some better competition. What are those expectations for yourself, but also for this Loyola Academy team? Yeah, I think definitely for myself, uh, I really just try to make huge jumps this spring and this offseason. I'm like, I want to do well this spring, so I'm set for the summer season where I need to go out and dominate, get in front of the eyes I need to be in front of, and I just want to make sure I'm fully prepared mentally and physically for that season. And I think 
playing in this high school season, going down to Florida for a weekend. It's going to give me these resources I need to make sure I'm ready. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Okay. So let's make that transition from the high school scene to, you know, looking ahead there to when you step foot on campus at Penn State. Kind of want to dig into what exactly led you there to Penn State, going to, what is it, college? What's it called? I forget the town, Penn State. State College. State College. State College. Okay. I know there's like College Station for AM and then State College. Okay. I knew it was some, I knew, I knew college was somewhere in that name. But um, let's go ahead. Let's dig into that recruiting process that landed you there at Penn State. Take us through it. You know, when it started, maybe some of the key things you were looking for. Take us through that recruiting process. All right. Yeah. So uh, I think when I really first got exposed was Lake Point in. The start of June this year, and I started getting some follows on the Twitter, and I'm like, okay, so there's some coaches interested. This is new to me. This is pretty exciting. And then I guess as the year progressed, we started going to some tournaments in Indiana and some other states, and more and more coaches started to follow. And I think the real, of course, the big thing was definitely that future games, because that future games, all of a sudden, the next couple days after, it's August 1st, and your phone is ringing. And it's definitely different. It's super exciting having that August 1st day. I mean, I wish I could go back and do it again. That's how much fun it was. And uh, I think, you know, as we progressed towards Penn State, I think what really sold me on them was definitely the coaching staff and the investment that they're going to do because this coaching staff is brand new and they want to build this program up because Penn State isn't really known for winning in baseball, but they win in everything else. And they want to get that program to that national scale. And we got coaches from Boston College, uh, Northeastern, and New Jersey. You have you have all these coaches that are really close with each other, and all they want to do is have this program win. And they're starting to invest. They've invested $20 million into the program, which is completely new. Uh, they're redoing their stadium. They're redoing all, the, all their facilities. It's just this would be the time to invest in a program like that. And that's what really made me go with them. Okay, so you're going through this past summer. You said you're constantly getting follows by coaches on Twitter. I guess what was that excitement knowing that all these coaches were following you? What was that excitement leading into August 1st when you knew that recruiting process was going to get started? Oh, yeah, dude, I was pumped. I mean, like every time I got a Twitter notification, I'm like, all right, uh, this better be another coach. I mean, I just loved that feeling, getting that follow even though it doesn't really mean anything until they call you in that August 1st, it's definitely still a cool little feeling. Cause I mean, I haven't experienced that because before the rule change and that stuff, I was injured. I was out. No one really saw me and it was definitely a new experience. And uh, that was pretty cool. And then when that August 1st just came around completely different, I was actually traveling on that day. So it complicated things, but I still managed to get through uh, a lot of the coaches that reached out. Yeah, so you said August 1st is a day that you would love to go back to, just a great day. You said it was pretty hectic. Take us through your point of view. What did August 1st look like, the first day that those college coaches can reach out? Take us through your point of view of that day. Yeah, uh, so as I said, I was traveling that day, and I kind of get to the airport in the morning. I was heading out to New York for this baseball showcase tournament thing, and uh, I get a text. From a coach, I'm like, okay, here it begins. Uh, let's see how this day goes. Uh, I fly to New York. I didn't connect to Wi-Fi on the plane, and 10 new messages popped up as soon as I landed. I'm like, holy crap, this is crazy. 
this is starting to get a little bit overwhelming. I'm trying to write back to these coaches, let them know what's going on, tell them I'd love to connect with them. And, uh, but it was fun. I think most importantly, it was definitely a blast being able to talk to all these schools and stuff. And it was a pretty cool experience. Okay. So that first week of August, you know, you're hopping on phone calls with coaches for the first time. Take us through some of those initial conversations with some of those coaches, with some of those programs. What were some questions they were asking you? What were some questions you were asking them to kind of get to know their program a little bit better? Take us through some of those initial conversations. Yeah. I think a big question for me is like, I was kind of asking, what are you going to, what are you trying to raise through your program? Like, what are you looking for? And, uh, <laughs> what do you want out of me uh, when I step foot on that campus, if I do? And I think definitely just trying to get to understand how the coaches want to run their program. One thing I tell schools is like, I'm interested in what you guys have to offer. So like, uh, even though I haven't really heard of a school, I'm like, well, I would love to learn more about the school. I would love to have you tell me uh, more about the school. Cause some schools I didn't really know too well. And I think talking to these coaches really helped me, like, understand what they're about. And it was pretty cool because I learned a lot over the, that first week. So going into that recruiting process, you know, with an open mind, I know you said that, you know, there's some schools there that you didn't really know too much about. But you said, hey, you know, if you coaches want to give me the rundown, give me your elevator pitch on what your program's about, you know, I'm more than willing to listen. You know, with you kind of wanting to see what these programs were about, what they had to offer what were some of those key things you were looking for? I guess, what were some of those key things that you wanted to make sure that whatever school you chose had to offer? What were some of those things you were looking for? Yeah, I mean, every coach is going to want to win. I think it's definitely a thing with resources and what they're going to do to get to that point and win. And, I mean, as I said, that kind of goes with what I kind of loved about Penn State. But, uh, I mean, some schools – some schools have the resources and I mean, they've always been pretty solid and you could be a small piece in that program. And I think with a school like Penn state, for example, you're going to have that big opportunity come maybe freshman year to make an impact. And that's what I really like. Okay. So as that recruiting process was starting to wind down, you're getting closer and closer to choosing Penn state. You're starting to realize, okay, you know, it has this box checked. It has this box checked. I have a good relationship with the coach. You know, I, I I have an opportunity to go in there freshman year and make an impact. What was that final thing that made you finally realize Penn State was going to be the spot for you? Yeah, I went to actually a hockey game on my visit, and uh, I didn't know too much about college hockey. And I'm sitting next to the coach, and I'm just listening as the crowd is screaming. And Penn State is known for having a lot of fans come out to their baseball game. And uh, – Coach looks me dead in the eyes, and he's like, this is what I want at our baseball games, and this is what we're going to get when we're dogpiling. And he's like, he's put in so much faith in this program, and I, I could see it in his eyes, and I knew I want to be a part of it instantly because I do want to be playing at their field. Their field's really nice. It's got, I think it seats over 5,000. I want to be playing in those full crowds, and I, I just, that's what I want in the future. Okay, so uh, you said you're there on your visit. You're going to that hockey game. Beyond that, I know you said you I, – I know uh, as I was scrolling through your Instagram, saw that you had the chance to put on some Penn State unis as well. Um, Take us through that official visit, what that was like, going to that hockey game, beyond that type of stuff as well. Take us through that official visit there in uh, – uh, shoot, what's it called again? Uh, what's that State time? College. 
State College. Man, I keep messing it. I keep messing it up. With <laughs> uh, you know what was what was that week there like at uh, at State College? Yeah, man. So I flew in on Friday and uh, I got dinner with the coaches uh, with two of the assistant coaches. We went to this nice like burger place. I think it was like a it was more of like a relaxed place, but it was fun. We talked for a bit. I went with my grandparents and they just absolutely loved my grandpa. My grandpa, my grandpa listens to everything baseball. He loves college baseball. He won't even watch professional baseball anymore because he's so enwrapped in that college atmosphere. And uh, the coaches just loved him. It's actually hilarious because when I was pitching at future games, my grandpa was sitting next to that Penn State assistant coach, and he kind of just remembered that, and we laughed about it for a couple minutes. But, I mean, they loved him. And then the next day we went, I got dinner with the head coach, went to see that hockey game, and really checked out the – the campus, the facilities, and I could like envision what they're going to be doing there. And I just love the college town, dude. It's definitely a different experience being in that huge of a city where everyone is supportive of the school. Yeah, for sure. Um, but so you talk about that, that coaching staff, you said, you know, you're going to that Penn state hockey game. You can see it in that guy's eyes that he wants to build a legendary program there for Penn state baseball. You talk about that assistance, you know, falling in love with your grandpa, take us through some of the relationships you have, with that coaching staff, maybe how they've evolved since your commitment and kind of what you look ahead to these next year and a half or so before you're stepping foot on campus, you know, give us the rundown on that relationship with that Penn State coaching staff. Yeah, definitely. I think I built a pretty, pretty solid relationship with these coaches. I think definitely one of the assistant coaches who was the first one to see me uh, out at future games and a little bit earlier in the summer, I think he's a guy who's I've definitely built a relationship with. And then the head coach, I mean, he's really understanding. We had some family issues right before that trip. And he's like, I don't want you to be pressured into anything because uh, I did travel with my grandparents. And he's like, I just want you to come out with you when you're ready. And I could just tell he cared about me and my family. And I really, like, appreciate that and a coach. And it's pretty cool. And as you talk about, you know, as you can see in his eyes that he wants to build that program there at Penn State to, you know, to the to the points of what they're like in hockey, in football, in base, in basketball. I mean, looking at that 2025 class so far, I mean, he's got a pretty loaded class already. Obviously, you there as one of his pitchers, but looking at it as well, he's got a lot of guys up there in that Great Lakes area, some guys from PA, you know, kind of sticking on that topic of relationships. You know, kind of take us through what are some of those relationships you've been able to build with some of your future Nittany Lion teammates? Yeah, man. So it's been a short time uh, getting to know these kids. I mean, we have a group chat on Snapchat. We've kind of been talking a little bit. Hasn't been much, but I'm sure we're definitely going to run into each other at some point this next summer. I mean, you got a couple of kids on GRB uh, who probably play down in some of these same tournaments. Uh, but the kids more on the East Coast, you might run into them too. But I think it's definitely building those relationships is going to be key before this this freshman year in college. And I think that's where the summer bridge is going to come into place too. I, I haven't really heard about that until this year. And I guess that's where we can all come down to campus during that summer, get to know each other, train and get a couple classes knocked out. Okay. So summer, that's the summer, you say summer bridge, that's the summer before your freshman year, correct? Yep. Yep. Correct. I know there. I know there's some college programs that do that, and I hear great things about you know you know teams doing that, having everybody come in. You're like the only people on campus, so really the only people you can talk to are your teammates. So you know, definitely some good team bonding, some good relationships being built there. You know during that summer bridge. But last yeah. segment, last baseball segment, I kind of want to dig into is your on the field play, and they're going to be PO there at that next level. So let's go ahead. 
Let's dig into your pitching repertoire. Take us through when you're up there on the mound. You know, what's that fastball that you're throwing? What are those secondary pitches? What are some mental cues to go along with those pitches as well? Take us through what that pitching repertoire is looking like. Yeah, definitely. So I think I'm going to start. I'm going to start with the fastball and then work with the rest. Uh, so I, I love my fastball. It's it's one of my go-tos. Just I think it's got a lot of carry to it, a lot of carry, a little bit of run. And I think that's definitely different because you see a ball that almost like rises perceptively when you're hitting. And uh, I just love using it, uh, working it all around the zone. And I just love what that rise does to it, to the pitch, to make it really a lot better compared to something that might have a lot of run. You got something that rises and seems faster and it's harder to hit. So you said you started there with their fat, with that fastball, and then you're kind of working on with some of those different secondary pitches. You know, let's say you're trying to work on what those secondary pitches are looking like. You're trying to develop them for you. Take us through your development of some of these different pitches, how you want to make them game ready. Even if you're one to add a pitch to that pitching repertoire as well. Um, I know every guy, every guy's different when it comes to how exactly they go about that pitch development. So take us through how you go about it. Yeah, definitely. So I think about uh, the shape of the pitches, what it's doing. I mean, my curveball is more of like a 12-6 shape, and then you have a slider that's kind of like a short break, but it definitely has that horizontal movement that you could see, and it's it's clearly different from this, uh, the curveball. And then my changeup, which I've just fell in love with recently, all of a sudden has like this almost like a screwball action, break it low in a way, and it's just – it's just I actually love that pitch now more than probably my slider. And I think developmental, going into that developmental phase, I think working with TrackMan and seeing that stuff visually with the numbers is definitely going to make a huge impact because then I'm going to know, am I doing this right? How is this going to affect how that pitch moves? And I think that's going to be big for like developing those pitches and getting them game ready for the spring and the summer. Okay, so as we talk about that development phase, I know you said there after Jupiter, you went down to Wake Forest, you went down to their pitching lab to get a pitching analysis done. Take us through what exactly that looks like. You know, again, I've talked to quite a few Wake Forest guys, and I'm a big fan of that Wake Forest pitching lab. You know, give us the rundown. What's that pitching analysis look like? What were some of the things you learned about yourself during that analysis? What was that experience? Yeah, definitely. So, uh my grandpa actually found out about the pitching lab. He was watching the College World Series, and they promoted it over ESPN and uh, or the SEC Network or something. And he just, like, kind of looked into it, and he fell in love with it. And he's like, we need to get you down for this. And I head down there. They throw all the sensors on me. They do a movement screening. And I do a quick bullpen and a uh, the pitching coach there, he actually came came out and watched. He helped me with a couple of my pitches, really developed. And I could see he was very, very understanding of, of pitching. And it definitely, like, I could tell he was really helping me out with the change up. He, like, changed my grip a little bit, how I was releasing it. And you could see it visually and on the board, on the track, man. And after the, the assessment, a couple of weeks later, I hopped on a call with the pitching lab guy. And we kind of went into my mechanics and we learned that, I need to get into my, my back leg a little bit more. I think being tall and lanky, it's kind of hard to do. But training through that this offseason should help. That's going to lengthen my stride, make me more explosive, and definitely add velo and control. Okay, it's going to so be big. So you said you're using TrackMan quite a bit there when it comes to your development. Take us through how you're using that technology. What are some different things that you're looking for? What does that development look like through technologies like TrackMan? 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think seeing when you're changing your mechanics or how you throw a ball, I think seeing the visual report of what the pitch is doing is really big for your development. And, you know, if you're doing something right, uh, if the pitch is breaking better than you expected, if you like the way you're throwing a pitch, but you want to see what is it doing on, on, on the screen, I think that's big. And I think every pitcher should be taking advantage of the technology that we have. And I think it's definitely going to help develop these pitchers from really good to elite. And it's going to be big in these next couple of years. Okay. So I know you said when you're looking at mechanics, you said you went to that pitching analysis, you said you want to get more into that back leg, but besides that, take us through your pitching mechanics from the stretch, from the windup, what are those mechanics looking like? How have they evolved here these past couple of years? I know you said you're a tall, tall, slender dude. Uh, so, okay, what are those mechanics looking like, you know, with with that with that body type? Yeah. Uh, so I kind of just, like, grew a couple inches out of the blue this last summer. And I got, like, stretched out. I got really skinny. I've been working to put on some weight and muscle. And uh, when pitching came around, it was just always hard to get into that back leg. And I had a quick arm. I could get velocity from the arm. But in the end, you want to really take a load off that arm. So I think really getting to that back leg, lengthening the stride, becoming more explosive with the hips. I think hip-shoulder separation was a big thing for me, too, really working on separating them. It'll create a more, like, explosive and tight turn, which will lead to, like, higher velocity and just, like, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely, I think those two things, that back leg and the hip-shoulder separation are, like, a key factor for me when it's going to come into taking my pitching from the level I'm at now to the next level. Okay, all right. So I know we are in the offseason right now. I know you said before we started recording that you, know, you went to that pitching analysis and you kind of shut it down there. I know with you being from Illinois, you guys are starting baseball there, end of February, mid-March or whatever. Um, Kind of take us through – your off-season arm care, you know, going through maybe the shutdown process, you know, when you plan to start ramping it back up, what that schedule is looking like. Take us through that whole arm care situation for the off-season, but also in-season as well, going from outing to outing. I know you said there in the spring you weren't pitching too much, but, you know, looking ahead to your junior spring, kind of what's that plan going from, let's say, one outing to the next. Take us through your whole arm care situation. All right, yeah. So this off-season uh... – I'm exploring new options. Of course, Wake Forest gave me some stuff to do, but I I really became recently invested in this BSF program. Uh, they're bringing it up north, closer to my home, like 15 minutes away. And you hear these great athletes like Jack Bauer, Ryan Sloan, those guys, they're all, they're all doing that right now. And I think they have the resources I need. They have the weight room. They have the track man. They have the the cameras and stuff for that pitching mechanics. I think they're going to really help me because they're bringing up that, that BSF pitching performance to nearby to my house, which should be really accessible and it should be, it should be better for me. And then you're also looking at when we go into this next spring, I'm looking forward to like maybe one or two starts a week. I'm hoping for just to kind of like keep that space. I don't know how, uh, the high school season is going to be how much I'm going to be throwing. And I want to make, make sure I don't throw too much, especially in the high school season, because the summer is going to be huge for me. And I think arm care, you're looking at like lifting the next day, doing some sprints, really trying to like make sure my body is in the best shape before my next time I need to be pitching. 
Okay, so looking at your game's entirety, so whether this is the, you know the pitches that you're throwing, maybe even throwing in the relationships you have with your catcher, let's say maybe even holding on base runners as well. If you were a scout watching your game, what would be that personal scouting report you'd write up on yourself? Yeah, I think uh, the first the first word you'd see on a scouting report would be projectable. You have a six foot four. This summer I was six foot four, one seventy, which is like pretty pretty skinny for six foot four. And uh, I'm throwing. I was up to eighty nine, ninety that summer, and I think. Any coach in the right mind should be able to see this kid's going to be throwing a lot harder than he is now, and he's got a lot of a lot of room to grow. And I think for me, as I said, I'm like self motivated, and I I think my motivation is to make sure they're right. So in that these next couple of years, I'm putting on weight, I'm getting stronger, and I'm throwing harder, and I want to show them that I can do that. And I think projectability is definitely key. Uh, you got a whippy arm which is going to help when I get my hips working more. And, uh, yeah, I think those two things are really the big things for me. Just being tall, skinny, projectable, that's all going to be helpful when it comes to – or I guess not college anymore because I've got that figured out for now. But maybe the draft at some point, who knows. So being a big, being a big projectable guy, you know, you said you're tall and slender. You said you want to make sure you're putting on some weight here and maybe add a little couple miles an hour to that fastball, whatever. I guess, how do you kind of go about that? What's that uh, workout regimen this off season? Maybe how you plan on changing that when the, when the season starts as well, you know, what's that look like there in the weight room? How do you plan on capitalizing on that projectability? Yeah, I think definitely eating, but making sure like, what I'm eating isn't anything too bad because, I mean, you can eat and you can put on weight one way or you could put it on a, maybe a healthier way while training. Try to put on that 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 muscle muscle mass, which is what I'm trying to go for. I mean, I've been working. Uh, for now, I've been with a personal trainer, but as I said, we're going to that BSF. I think they're going to help me to get, get to where I need to be and – really putting on that weight and getting more explosive is what I need to focus on. And I think when you go into the high school season, it's going to be tough because the workload is going to increase. You're going to have to work with your high school team, which definitely complicates things a little bit, especially being a pitcher, having your own program already put in place. It's going to be tough mixing in that high school workouts with that, the program and uh, pitcher specific stuff. But I think it's something that I'm going to work through and in the end, I'm going to figure it out and it's going to be fine. Okay. All right. Well, let's kind of dig into the last segment here, digging into the personal side of things, moving away from the game of baseball. So again, it is the off season right now. I know you said you're, you know, you're traveling, you're down there down South in a little bit more warmer weather here. You know, I'm not too far away from where you're at. I think it's, I think it's snowing outside. So I think you're, I think you're in a better place than what, uh, than where I'm at now, but you know, digging into, you know, the off season, digging into maybe some things when you're away from the game of baseball, what are some of those passions, some of those hobbies that you enjoy doing beyond being on the baseball field? Yeah, I think definitely hanging out with my friends, whether it's teammates or just kids from school. Uh, definitely going to football games, high school football games and stuff. I think just like being on that social scene, it's kind of big to be hanging out with these guys when you're not doing baseball. And especially with most of my friends being baseball oriented, it's good surrounding myself with kids that I know have the same goals and have the same passion that I do. 
I love to play Fortnite with my friends right now, especially with that new OG season. It's pretty cool. Been running that up. And um, I think, yeah, those are two of the main things I love to do. Just be social, play video games with them. Okay. All right. I'm hearing a lot about Fortnite here these past couple of weeks. You know, I'm not a big video game guy, but again, it is Thanksgiving break. So I came home from school and I think, I think my bro, I haven't talked to my brother. I think that's all he's playing is just, you know, he's <laughs> playing Fortnite, doing that new map that everybody's talking about. Yeah. You know, pretty much every baseball player I'm talking to too is, you know, hopping on Fortnite, hitting on that new, uh that new map they got going on. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, <laughs> but moving from uh passions to the motivation side of things and i, I said you, you i know you said earlier on that you are a self-motivator you're a self-leader i kind of take us through those motivators that help you get out of bed every morning to help you continuously evolve as a ball player as a person what would be some of those key motivators for you yeah i think definitely uh my motivation is to definitely go professional one day and I think about this time every year is when I probably start setting goals for myself. And I think looking at those goals ultimately are going to try to help me get to that point where I want to play professional baseball and get drafted and do all that stuff. And probably within the next couple of weeks, I'm going to write up goals for the next spring season and then the summer season. And I'm going to look at them and I'm going to make sure I achieve them going into that year. I think that's what really motivates me. I'm going to want to get it done. And yeah. All right. So, you know, with that goal, with those goals of, you know, playing professional baseball, getting drafted, let's take that motivation question a little bit further. Perfect picture of your life 20 years down the road. Let's say you keep using those motivators to get better every day. What does that perfect picture of your life look like in 20 years? Yeah. 20 years from now, hopefully I'll be pitching. I'll be just done with the World Series, I guess, because we're going into this year. I'd have pitched in game seven, won it celebrating and having a blast getting ready for the next season in pro ball. Hopefully the MLB, if all goes well. All right. There we go. Would love to see that. You know, wouldn't, wouldn't it be too bad, you know, going to major league field. Nope, see not at all. Thompson name on the jumbo yep. there in the world series. Uh, but man, I got six more questions here for you before we do end it all. going to go ahead and ask them in a rapid fire pace. So first off, well, okay. So three rounds of two questions here in the rapid fire. So first round here, Coolest contact right. in your phone. You're scrolling through those contacts. Who the, who's that coolest guy that not too many people have? And then second question, go-to playlist. So let's say maybe you're taking that long flight from Illinois all the way down south. Maybe you're taking a drive to college. To, uh, I keep saying college station, to state college. Uh, you're working out, whatever. What is that go-to playlist you're putting on the speakers? All right. Uh, question one, I don't know. I don't have too many cool guys on my phone. Uh, maybe Penn State head coach or the Wake Forest pitching coach. They're both really cool guys. And then I think definitely that playlist is going to have to be my country playlist. I think flying down, just relaxing, playing some country music. That's definitely big for me. Okay. So who's, uh, I guess, with you being a big country guy, who's, who's some of those favorite artists on, the, on that playlist? Uh, well, I, I'm kind of more like – I don't know if people are going to like me for this, but I like Zach Brown band. I just love their music. Can't go wrong with them. And then uh, Bailey Zimmerman, uh, those kind of guys, maybe a little bit of Morgan Wallen, but yeah. Okay. All right. So you're actually more Luke the... Combs. Okay. All right. There we go. Luke now Combs you're... is one now of my favorite. Now. Especially... Yeah. Cause my grandpa, 
we actually found out that Luke Combs is coming to State College for his concert next spring, and we're trying to get it. So I pitch Saturday morning. We fly down there, go see his concert, watch a Penn State game the next day, baseball, and then fly back and pitch or go to my high school game the day after. Yeah, it would be a, that would be a pretty pretty damn fun weekend there. You know, going pitching, yeah. going to co- going to uh, State College, going to see Luke Combs uh, play. You know, that'd be a pretty fun weekend. But you know, you're more you're yep. more like the uh, you know, not I can't say old school, but you know Zach Brown band. He's not he's not your typical country guy anymore. So I, I like that. Oh. I like uh, you yeah, know, chicken fried. Uh, some of those other songs he's got rolling on. He Zach Brown band's a pretty, pretty uh, you know those are some good songs to have on the playlist. But you know, yeah. digging into the second round of two questions here for you. Let's say I am taking a trip to your part of Illinois. I believe it's Loyola. I'm going to assume with you going to Loyola Academy. Yep. Let's say I'm taking a trip there. What would be some of those recommendations you got for me? Maybe some restaurants to go check out, maybe some things to go do. What would be some of those recommendations in Loyola? And then second question, you're having dinner with three people, dead or alive. Who would be at that table? All right. Uh, first question, I'd probably tell you to get out of here and get away as far as you can. There isn't much to do up up in this, in that northern suburb area. But I'd say if you had to be down here, I'd probably take you down to the city. Uh, there's definitely more stuff to do. It isn't really like you're in Florida in this warm weather. You're probably freezing your butt off in the windy city. And I'd say, like, one place I love in the city is RPM Steakhouse. Uh, amazing food. And then I'd probably take you to the Bean, too, because the Bean's pretty sick. <laughs> Okay. All right. So you, okay. All right. Um, and let's the dinner with three people who would be at that dinner dinner with three people. Wow. I have not thought about this question at all. Uh, let me think probably, I don't know. I'd probably go with current pitchers like Max Scherzer, DeGrom, just like those guys I want to surround myself with probably those two. And then maybe a hall of fame pitcher, uh, I'm trying to think who would I want to sit by? I'd actually love to sit with Kerry Wood and talk to him about his 20 something strikeout game, how that was for him. Cause that was pretty cool to watch. I've watched replays of that. It's amazing. So you're, you're a big Cubs guy. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. There we go. Um, But obviously lots, lots of pitching knowledge going on there at that table. You know, you're definitely thinking yeah. about the future and picking the brains of those guys. When you're thinking about that dinner, but um, I got two more questions for you before we do end it off. First off, TikTok for you page. You're scrolling through that TikTok. Who I did sorry. You're scrolling through those that TikTok. What are some of those different videos that you're seeing? Um, and then final question: Dream NIL brand. You get to you get to Penn State there a couple of years from now. Get that opportunity to capitalize on your name, image, and likeness. What would be that dream brand to endorse, collaborate, or partner with? Yeah. All right for the TikTok. A couple weeks ago, uh, it was that blue Smurf thing, the Smurf cat. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's the most irritating thing ever. Literally every single video is like this Smurf Smurf cat in like the forest or something. You need to look it up. It's just, it's so irritating after about 200 times. I almost had to delete my TikTok and let it like go by. And then I think with the Dream NIL, uh, probably Raising Cane's Chicken. I feel like that's... I don't know if that's too popular, too overused, but I think that would be the go-to for me. Okay, you know, you know, raising canes, you know, that's uh, 
when you talk about some overused brands that people bring up all the time, when you think about the Nikes and the Adidas and Rawlings and all that different types of stuff, you know, Raising Canes, and that's not too bad an answer. You got some good chicken. Wouldn't it be too bad to be getting some free food for them in NIL deal? But, um, yep. but man, you know, that's the final question here for you on the J Care podcast. And I really appreciate you coming on the show. It was great getting to meet you. Great getting to learn about your baseball career and everything that you got going on. You know, as you go through these next two years of high school baseball, go through your 17U summer with Ajay and Artillery, and then hopefully years and years beyond that as well within your baseball career. I do want to wish you the best of luck. But again, man, appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, man, I appreciate those kind words. And I had a blast today. And I'm looking forward to these next couple of years, like you said. Thank you.